0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to podcast number three of Hurry and Yell. This week, we are going to be talking about, once again, what we got right and what we got wrong from last week. And we are going to talk about week three of college football, week two in the NFL. About halfway through, we are going to throw in a minute of baseball as well. Everyone's favorite topic here. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. My, My colleague is not, but... We got to talk about it because it's september and it's playoff season
1: today we are drinking the tsunami export stout from pelican brewing in tillamook oregon also the home of the fine tillamook cheese factory have you ever been there
0: i have not been to the cheese factory but i will i will say i love tillamook cheese on a quesadilla you just get tortillas you get some tillamook cheese you Cut it up really thin, you grill it, throw some salsa on there, you call it good, you got a cheap meal. That's one of the three things I cook.
1: That doesn't surprise me at all that you are
0: such a fan of quesadillas. That's because it's easy. It's easy, it's quick, it's convenient. You get a Costco chicken, you shred the chicken, you throw that in there as well, get some chips and salsa, you're golden.
1: That is true. Yeah? That is true. If you ever go to the Tillamook Cheese Factory, though... It is a microcosm of small-town America. A lot of fat people eating ice cream. Um, (laughs) But they make a great product, as does Pelican Brewing, because this is a fine,
0: fine beer. It sure is. All right. Getting right to it. What we got right and what we got wrong last week. Um, We're going to talk about what we got right first. The Clemson Tigers in the Battle of the Tigers – completely dismantled Auburn, just like Pat said that they would? I was –
1: I over – I gave actually gave Auburn way too much credit. I thought they would score somewhere between 10 and 20 points. They scored six. Their quarterback sucks. I don't know why they have a drop-back passer in that offense when it's most successful with an athlete. So uh, Clemson's defense is – Incredible! They're probably the best defense in college football this year. And even though their offense is a little clunky and they're replacing a lot of pieces, they might win another title.
0: They've got another tough game this week, which we will get into a little bit later. Uh, Another one we got right, and probably the team that impressed me the most last week was USC. Um, A lot of people will say Clemson was the most impressive team. A lot of people will say Oklahoma was the most impressive team. I haven't seen Stanford get dominated in the trenches like that in a very long time. USC made them look weak, which you never see from Stanford. And so USC impressed me, terrifies me as a a Pac-12 fan. And we get to see them in a couple weeks. But that is a very, very good football team.
1: USC's defense is still pretty shaky. Stanford could run the ball at will. They still couldn't throw the ball because quarterback, I'm going to say it every week, sucks. So, um, but USC's offense, that run game is really good. That offensive line, whatever, they're, somehow they're better than last year. Uh, you're starting to see it more that the league has adjusted to Stanford. They're able to play physical with them. They got murdered a couple times last year in conference play, and they got murdered a couple times the previous year and stanford they got pushed around so they might they might be getting a little bit figured out
0: well i hope so i mean everyone was saying that stanford and u-dub it's a two horse race for the pac-12 north and oregon and wsu are in that tier below um i would love to see an apple cup where like last year that decides the pac-12 north um, speaking of WSU, man, second week in a row, craziest game in the country was in the Pac 12 two weeks ago. It was UCLA Texas AM last week, WSU Boise State. Uh, WSU had no reason winning that game. Uh, that is not a game, a te- that's not a team that I'm used to seeing come back and win. I'm very thrilled that they did, but I was in shock two days later that they actually made that comeback.
1: Three and a half quarters, the game went exactly how I thought it would. Boise hit a couple big plays down the field. They gave WSU a problem with their formation shifts, and then they dropped seven and eight into coverage. And then uh, when they would blitz, they would rush four and then bring a linebacker late after the linemen committed themselves. Luke Falk got benched, as he should have, came back in, got hurt, and a backup the whole – he's a backup. He doesn't care. He's just slinging it. It couldn't have been a
0: better boost to the team, and they got lucky. Boise kind of fumbled that away. Well, you get lucky with two defensive touchdowns. You get lucky when you well, – have Boise had a, a defensive touchdown. That's too. true, but you also get lucky with the punt off the back. It was the only kick that guy had all game, Eric Powell. Otherwise, it was the wide receiver who was kicking for WSU, but they decided to use the lefty kicker for that one. It worked. They intentionally kicked it
1: short. I know that much to see if they could get something like that to happen,
0: and it did, which is – that's lucky. I will admit I was having flashbacks uh, at the end of the first overtime with a short – 19-yard field goal in a crazy game on that end zone. On that end zone with a left-footed kicker that was missed a couple years ago against Cal. Yep. But
1: I'll be honest, I watched that game with a blanket over my head and my fingers almost completely covering my eyes because I was positive that
0: he would miss it, and he made it. I was very impressed. I'm surprised that they accepted the penalty. Uh, I, I'm. I'm. I think more teams are going to be declining. Those penalties, both on field goals and on punts, where they someone wants an extra five yards of field position, either for a better angle on a field goal or um, for more field position for punt to give them a better chance to down the ball.
1: I used to see that all the time in the NFL in the 90s. Uh, delay games on punts would always be declined. I don't know why teams are accepting them. I think it's a lack of attention. One last thing on Boise. This is the second year in a row Wazoo has come back late against Boise. And the second year in a row, it's been due to really reckless clock management on Boise's part. Uh, That coach, he's a good coach. He's good at game planning, but
0: he's awful at the end of games. Another game we got right last week, georgia Notre Dame. Georgia looked decent with that true freshman quarterback making his first start. I think it helped that half the fans there at least were wearing red and black as opposed to blue and gold. Uh, You can safely say that Notre Dame doesn't have a home field advantage anymore. That was absolutely ridiculous, and I can't believe there were so many Georgia fans there.
1: Well, I don't think uh, Notre Dame has had a home field advantage for a long time because in 2000, Nebraska played there. Number one ranked right, Nebraska, and they had more fans. It was probably sixty percent Nebraska, forty percent Notre Dame. Uh, I heard that Georgia fans bought season tickets just so they to Notre Dame just to have tickets to that game. Brian Kelly's done at the end of this year. They're going to go six and six or seven and five, and he's gone.
0: I think also it helped that Atlanta, the Falcons, were playing the Bears the next day. Uh, honestly, I do. I think the fact that the George Georgia fans could watch. Uh, A game in South Bend and then head over to Chicago the next day, make a weekend out of it. We were at a Cubs
1: game the night before.
0: There you go. A whole weekend. That would have been a great weekend for me. That would have been a perfect weekend of football. Um, Time for our weekly talk on the California Golden Bears. Um, I'm telling you, man, I don't care that they only beat Weber State by (laughs) seven points. They were losing in the fourth quarter. I love when I'm right, which doesn't happen all that often. Um, so, Cal, they're making some noise. I hope, hope, hope they can beat that SEC school today, uh, this week from Ole Miss. Uh, that's going to be a interesting game. We're going to talk about that a little later as well. But Cal's 2-0. Didn't see that coming. They're a third of the way to bowl eligibility. Still don't think they're going to get there, but it's fun to talk about them.
1: Yeah, they could. Uh, if they win this week, which they could because Ole Miss is a they're – they're a mess right now. And Cal is playing with some fire there, you know, yeah, they beat, they beat Weaver State barely. So that's one thing, but uh, it's kind of fun. We unintentionally talked about them way too much in our first podcast, and now we're just riding that train of Golden Bear pride.
0: Yep, absolutely. And then the other one that I want to talk about, um, my underrated pick of the year, TCU, they looked good week one. Week two, they looked really good in beating Arkansas. And Arkansas, you know, you can say what you want about them being an SEC team and you if, what you want about Beth, Brett Bielema. I don't like him, but he's a decent coach, but he got pushed around. That TCU defense is back, and that's what Gary Patterson loves to do. That's what he hangs his hat on is defense, and it's good to see them back. And I think they're the second-best team in the Big 12 right there with Oklahoma State. I think Oklahoma's a notch above. I think Oklahoma State and TCU are 2-3. And then you've got West Virginia and Kansas State battling 4-5 behind them.
1: My compliments on TCU. I watched that game. I'm not sure why, but I did. And Arkansas looked – They. I mean – when you're beating your chest about how tough you are and you look like you could take down an entire Texas barbecue on your own, like Brett Bielema, you should be not pushed be pushed around by a team that runs the three three five. But they did,
0: and they got thumped. You know, and at least the state of Texas can hang their hats on TCU because Texas is a train wreck. Texas A and M is a dumpster fire. I mean, just right now, Texas I mean... just won like were 42 to nothing. Against who? San Jose State. Okay. They were a good 10 years ago. Okay. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Dick Tomey. Okay. <laughs> when Dick Tomey was there. But, you know, I mean, for the most part, the state of Texas has TCU. And then I, the second best team, I don't even know who it is. I mean, we haven't mentioned Baylor at all on this podcast. Obviously, they're going through a rough time. I don't know anything about their coach. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. That's what they need. Um, That program might have just gotten, might've gotten the death penalty a couple years ago. When all those sanction, when all that stuff came out and all those recruits left him and the cupboard was bare, they basically started all over. Um, It's going to be a long haul, long road for Baylor to come back to where they were a few years ago. If they ever get back there
1: before, um, that jackass coach showed up. That was the forgotten program in Texas. They were bad. Art Bryles, by the way. Art Bryles. There you go. Couldn't remember his name.
0: Yeah, you don't Doesn't to. really
1: need to remember his name. Um, they were a forgotten team that had a lot of speed because they had such a great track program there, and they hired a coach who could use that speed with that offense. And uh, I don't think they'll get. They'll go back to being anonymous because they have those beautiful facilities now. But it's going to be a long road back. They're really bad. They don't have a lot of guys playing for them. It's a, it's
0: bad. It's a tough situation. And they played Duke this week. Duke beat Northwestern. Um, so <laughs> Nerd Bowl. <laughs> Nerd Bowl. And now you've got Nerd Bowl, too, with Duke versus Baylor. Um, what we got wrong. Oh, man. Ohio State. Uh, we said the ball that JT Barrett had to make good decisions. He really didn't. But he didn't lose that game for Ohio State. Oklahoma won that game. Baker they, took Mayfield,
1: it, they took it from him.
0: Baker Mayfield. Whether or not you agree that he should or shouldn't have planted the flag or whatever. I thought
1: that was awesome. I, I thought, love it when teams do
0: that. I thought it was a college kid being a college uh, kid. I had no problem with it. I think you know Ohio State fans obviously have a problem with it because it's their school. But I of didn't. Of course, that's going to piss you off.
1: But that's that's college football. You know, you play him again in 10 years and some kid who was eight years old plants the flag in Norman, Oklahoma. Like that's that's what makes college football fun. It was a kid. Biggest win of his whole career in Ohio State. How often does Urban Meyer lose there?
0: I can't remember the last time he did, if he ever has. Michigan State two years ago. Okay, there you go. (laughs) But be that as it may, he earned the right to do that. So by all means, Have fun. Um, another college game we got wrong, Nebraska-Oregon, still not sold on Oregon. I mean, yeah, they put up, what, 35 points in the first half, but Nebraska did not look good at all.
1: There's also a lot of lucky bounces that went Oregon's way, and Nebraska's bad. They're really bad. Oregon's a bowl team,
0: but nothing much more than that. I think, I think Oregon is a Tier 2 team in the Pac-12 North. Um, I think they're the fourth best team in the Pac-12 North. I think Stanford's the third best team in the Pac-12 North. I think that game's going to be fun. I think WSU is the second best team in the Pac-12 North. I think those games against Stanford and Oregon will be fun. UW is the clear favorite in the Pac-12 North. I hate to say that as a Kook fan, but that team is loaded.
1: I will be on Montlake Saturday night at the uw Fresno State game. And seats on the second level, so i should be able to
0: see the game, uh, and then I'll get a better idea of how good they are. I'm excited to hear what you have to say next week in the week four podcast. Uh, another one we got wrong, switching over to the NFL, uh, the Patriots Chiefs, uh, the Patriots, I, that, that one shocked me. I knew their defense wasn't that good, but... I didn't expect Kansas City to do what they did.
1: You had a team that is famous for their inability to make big plays, rip off a ton of big plays. That was what was shocking. They scored forty-two points. I thought they'd hit twenty, maybe.
0: Yeah, they they held Tom Brady in check. Um, Rob Gronkowski, I think, caught two passes because I know this because I have him in fantasy football. Uh, I've had him for about six years now, and he did not do well for me in my matchup against my uh, my colleague here that, that we are speaking to. In fact, no one did, but I did not expect to win with Scott Tolzien as my quarterback. So congratulations on your victory by about 40 points.
1: Um, that's what happens when one team, one guy's team projects, exactly how they play, and the others does not.
0: Yeah. Um, I should have not started Tolzien. I should have started – I should have picked up Blake Bortles, honestly, instead of Tolzien. That's also the
1: first time anyone has
0: ever said that. That's probably the last time anyone (laughs) will ever say that as well. Um, So, yeah, the Patriots looked pedestrian. The Chiefs looked really good. I loved their speed on the outside. Um, Talented roster. One of those three – fast, small guys is going to get injured. I hope it's not D'Anthony Thomas, just because I like DeAnthony Thomas. It but it's
1: will, It will be something bad. It will be a quad strain. Unless, you know,
0: that's always the thing that
1: happens. Um, Patriots will get it figured out. They'll be fine.
0: And then the other game we got wrong, uh, the other NFL game, was the Seahawks and the Packers. Uh, the Seahawks' defense played really well. They were on the field for way too long. Uh, the offensive line gave Russell Wilson no help at all. And uh, Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers things in the second half and took advantage of a tired and worn down defense.
1: Relating to that, this is a little football 101 lesson. If you have a weak offensive line if you're playing against a team that blitzes a ton and your offensive line is inexperienced, you do not run tight formations because it allows defenses to disguise where they're coming from. You run spread formations so that they have to telegraph where they're coming from. If you want to help your shitty offensive line, you run spread formations, especially early on, and the CX did not. So the offensive line sucked, uh, but a lot of blame goes to the play calling.
0: So there it is, your Football 101 lesson on the podcast. If you want some Football 101, you can actually go to the Hurry and Yell website. Uh, We have articles up if you want to learn a little bit more about football, including the last one that was written just a couple days ago about one of our favorite college football plays mesh. And, and NFL plays, but it's used mainly in college football, and that's mesh. Why don't you tell us a little bit about mesh because you're the one who wrote it?
1: Well, um, to further understand it, you probably want to read my football one coverages. Basically, option routes. Um, they, it's a play that came from. BYU, BYU just ran the crossing. The rubber outs meant to create a pick, just like in basketball, on the defender. The problem is if a team is playing zone coverage, the receivers aren't open. So Mike Leach and Hal Mummy, they added in the ability to sit down in the middle of the field on a zone in the zone. If it's zone coverage and if it's man coverage, it's a cross. That pick is called the mesh point in football and that's why it's called mesh and there's a post on the outside and a corner on the outside and if you watch any air raid team you'll see that run especially early in the game five to ten times
0: there you go there's your football one-on-one if you want to know a little bit more about mesh or some other um, basics like coverages go to the hurry and your website and you can uh, take a look at it and if you want us to write about anything you can ask us as well so that's our shameless plug on the website. <laughs> smooth. Well done. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. We're going to get right into week three now. Uh, the big game, once again, involves the Clemson Tigers. Uh, this time they're playing Louisville. Uh, Lamar Jackson, once again, has looked real, real good against, albeit not great defenses. North Carolina talked a lot of crap, though. And Lamar Jackson made them look foolish. Um This is his first test of the year. I don't think he's going to be able to do what he did, obviously, against Carolina, against that Clemson defense, which I'm with you. That Clemson defense is probably the best in the country, and it's going to keep them in games while their quarterback is learning. Uh, I think Clemson wins this game. I do think Louisville is going to get more than 20 points on them, just because Lamar Jackson, I think, is the real deal in college. But I think Clemson wins this game. I'm going to say 34- to 24. Again, Clemson's going to win it.
1: When these teams played last year, I thought Louisville actually outplayed them the entire game and lost it because they could not stop turning over the football and then they couldn't tackle the end of the game. That said, uh, for good defenses, what you have to do with Lamar Jackson, you don't spy him, you don't try to contain him, you don't drop a bunch of guys into coverage and hope you can tackle him, you blitz him. Um, I think Clemson will do that. I think they wa- They always, always see how other teams succeed defending uh, an offense and do exactly that. Uh, Jackson is much better at passing this year. He's reading defenses better. Uh, but I don't think – I think they'll keep him corralled in the pocket, and I don't think the receivers can get open that well against Clemson. Petrino's one of the greatest play callers there is in college football. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be a close game, but Clinton's going to win by about a touchdown.
0: The another game uh, in the SEC this time is Tennessee, Florida. Um, those games are always fun. Those teams just don't like each other. You throw Georgia in the middle of those three games, those three teams, whenever they play each other, it's always fun. Tennessee, Florida, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, this just is the first one. This usually is the first one, if I remember right. Um, I'm I'm not sold on either team as far as being a they both s- suck serious SEC threat. <laughs> One of them probably will win the SEC. Georgia will find a way to stub their toe and, and lose. So I, I'm going to say Tennessee or Florida is going to probably win the SEC East and then get waxed by Alabama. Um, and it will probably be the winner of this game. For that reason, I think Florida is going to win the SEC East. I think Florida is going to win this game. Um, they have more answers their biggest question is quarterback. I mean, they have their entire team coming back from suspension this week, uh, which helps because um, the entire team was suspended against Michigan, and most of them are coming back. I think Florida wins this game. It isn't going to be ugly, but I think Florida will uh, emerge victorious in this game.
1: I can't argue with that. they got a lot of guys coming back. Uh, I don't think Tennessee is very good at all. Um, it's in, like I think that oh. – Butch Jones, that is his name. Yeah. Former Tennessee players are complaining on Twitter about him, like guys from those really good Fulmer teams. They're not satisfied with the kind of crap that they run there. They're just not that good of a team. And I don't think that Tennessee's alumni base is going to put up with eight win seasons that much longer. Florida fans are a little bit more patient. That must be the battalion of national titles they have. But uh, I think you're right. Florida's going to win, and I hope that sometime in the future, this is a game that's not just for the SEC East title. I think it's for in the playoffs
0: because it's always fun when these teams are good. Uh, early 2000s, this was one of the games. Um, Fulmer against Spurrier. Late 90s,
1: Florida beat them up a lot, and then 98, Tennessee beat them, and then it was just a game from then on for the next
0: four years. And then Zoe came along, do I want to talk about that. So, yeah, um, we both have Tennessee, or excuse me, we both have Florida winning this game. Um, another one, another game, and, and uh, Texas-USC, um, obviously, when you see he, those two teams playing each other, the first thing you think of is quite possibly the best college football game ever played in 2000 and season. Um even though technically the game didn't happen, which is why USC can say all-time they're 4-0 against Texas, which they're doing that just to get a rise out of them, and I think it's hilarious. Um, I mean, everyone obviously knows that Texas beat USC. That game technically by NCA standards never happened. USC is 4-0 against Texas.
1: A couple things on this game. I think that vacating wins is the dumbest thing. In the history of sanctions, what the hell does that mean? And like one player, first of all, the sanctions on this USC thing were absolute crap. Uh, they just made up. Yeah, Reggie Bush. There was some shady stuff going there, but I'm just that that whole. They did not get a uh, legitimate penalty on that. Second. I bet a friend um, in 2005 for this game the Texas would win $15. With inflation, that's $19 now. Um, he still hasn't paid me. It's been 12 years. I haven't seen him since December of 2004, 2005. One day, maybe he'll stumble upon this podcast. Really, he still owes me 15 bucks.
0: I want to get paid. <laughs> that is so- a... <laughs> I've never heard that story, but that's one of the greatest things I have ever heard. Um, I love that it's really only four dollars inflation in twelve years.
1: I would have thought with the uh, recession, all you know, and then the, all that inflation and the quantitative easing and all that, that it would, you know, attain a little bit more worth. But I just put it into the inflation calculator <laughs> because I want to see how much my money's worth. Nineteen dollars. That's not even two movie
0: tickets. That is. You—that That is the greatest part of this podcast right there. That that right there was amazing. Um, oh, and USC is going to win. USC is going to win this game by about 60 points, I it's think.
1: Like, it's not going to be that bad. I think it's going to be a two-touchdown game.
0: I think USC is going to roll. I think Texas is so out of shape defensively, and USC is just going to run the ball at will on them, and they're going to wear down. And then and Darnold's going to be like, oh, hey, I need to get numbers for the Heisman, so then he's going to throw the ball all the time as well. So I think USC is winning this game. I, I don't think it's going to be within 20, to be completely honest. Um, another game involving a Pac-12 team is the University of Oregon against Wyoming. Like we said, what we got right, what we got wrong. We were wrong about Oregon last week. Um, still not sold on them. Wyoming has the quarterback that everyone talks about. Josh Allen, I think is his name. But I think that um, Oregon is going to win this game and they're going to win it very comfortably. I'm not sold on Josh Allen, but I think, um, so I think Oregon is going to win this game comfortably, but I still don't think they're going to answer any of the questions that I have. Uh,
1: regarding this game, Craig Bowl is a very good coach. Laramie is a beautiful town. They have a great fan base and, uh, Oregon may come out flat. He was the big win last week, and they've got some culture issues there, I think, still. Um, I think it, it could be a closer game than you'd think, but ultimately, Oregon's too fast, and they're just going to sit in man coverage against Wyoming,
0: and Josh Allen is going to look like a small-team quarter, quarterback. I agree. I agree. I think that Josh Allen isn't as good as Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz was a small-time quarterback who ended up being the number two pick. Josh Allen is a small-time quarterback who people are saying could be the number two pick behind Sam Darnold. Um, I haven't watched a lot of Josh Allen, but I, from what I've seen, I'm not impressed enough with him to be the number two pick next year. I could be wrong, You never know. He could come on. He does have the arm to make the throws. I just don't see him doing it against stiff competition enough. We'll see. We will see. Um, And then just because we've talked about him the last two weeks, got to talk about him again, University of California. Uh, They are playing Ole Miss. Ole Miss is coming west. When was the last time they went west of Texas? No one knows the answer to that question. Um, Ole Miss is a mess right now. Cal has a real good chance to win this game, start 3-0. I don't think they will. I think Ole Miss is going to win this game. Wouldn't surprise me if Cal wins, um, but I love the fact that we're even talking about it right now and that Cal, if they do win this game, could be halfway to bowl eligibility already.
1: I think Ole Miss is going to pound them. The only way they don't pound them is because they're Ole Miss and they're easily distracted because in two weeks they're going into Tuscaloosa and they always, always get revved up for that game. Uh, And they're going west and it's Cal. It's going to be half filled. No one's going to be there. It's going to be flat
0: and they may fall asleep. Yeah, I definitely could see that happening. I could see Ole Miss winning. Cal winning, but I think Ole Miss eventually wins this game um, by seven to ten points. Uh, we've got one more college football game to talk about. It's my upset pick. Uh, I had. To, I, I want to throw in an upset pick every week. Uh, he may not. He may not agree with me on this one, but I feel like I want to put one in. It's not a great week for college football. I was thinking about BYU-Wisconsin, but at the end, I decided to go LSU at at Mississippi State. Um, I'm not very confident about this pick, but because I want to go with a college upset, I think Mississippi State can uh, beat LSU. I think that LSU offense still hasn't shown a whole lot. The defense is good, but they still haven't shown me uh, a lot. So I think Mississippi State has the best chance of knocking off a top 15 team this week.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. LSU scored 27 points in BYU and 45 on Chattanooga. Chattanooga. What the hell more could you possibly want? Chattanooga. Woo. This game, I love, I've always loved watching LSU, especially when a spouse play football, and I've never made it to the end of an LSU Mississippi State game without falling asleep, it's gonna be 19 to like 12 or something.
0: It's gonna be a slog, that's for sure. Um, but I, I like I said, it's not a great week for college football. Um, but gotta pick one. And so this is my one. I'm going with Mississippi State. I'm going with the Bulldogs. Well,
1: I believe that wraps up college football, which means that I will seed completely the microphone, to you and let you prattle on about that sport you love so much for 60 full seconds
0: okay so i
1: will keep the timer running and it is starting
0: now so i got 60 seconds to talk about baseball it is september gotta do it um as the time we are recording this broadcast the indians just won their 22nd game in a row uh i read a stat earlier today where in this twenty. two-game winning streak. They have allowed 37 runs, and they have hit 42 home runs. They have literally hit more home runs than they've allowed runs. That is ridiculous. They've also done it without Andrew Miller, one of their best relievers. I can't believe that They had 22. I don't didn't think I was ever going to see a team beat Oakland. Oakland's winning streak, but I'm very impressed. I think the Indians are the favorite in the American League. In fact, I think they're the favorite to win the entire World Series. The other thing I want to talk about, the second AL wild card. the teams are all garbage. You've got the Twins, you've got the Angels, you've got the Mariners, you've got the Rangers, you've got the Rays. They all have their holes. I don't care who wins it. They're losing to the Yankees in that playoff game, so it doesn't really matter. Either. All right, there you go. That is our 60 seconds on baseball. We will do that. Whew, that was rough to get through. We will do that every week. Uh, until the World Series. So, and I couldn't even get to the Dodgers, which I wanted to talk about. 60 seconds goes by very, very quickly.
1: I tell you one thing if your team, the Seattle Mariners, make the playoffs, I may bump it to 65 seconds.
0: I'm going to say this right now the Mariners have one thing that the other teams in the hunt for the second AL wild card don't have, and that is a number one ace starting pitcher if they get James Paxton back healthy. Excuse me, we're talking baseball. That is a big F. You can talk
1: about it next
0: week. All right, all right. I have 60 seconds to talk about James Paxton next week. All right, so that was college football. That was my minute on baseball. Time to get to the NFL. Uh, First game that we're going to talk about Uh, Green Bay against Atlanta, a replay of the uh, NFC championship game from last year, won by the Falcons comfortably. This game is in Atlanta. It is the Sunday night game. Um, Falcons did not impress me all that much. Green Bay, their defense impressed me, even against that porous Seattle offensive line. But I... I'm going to side with the home team on this one. I think Matt Ryan is going to get more protection than Russell Wilson did, and I think he's going to be able to torch that Packers secondary once again.
1: You know, funny thing about the Falcons and the Packers, the Falcons never have a problem with scoring on the
0: Packers, and it
1: may have to do with they, they use a lot of three and four wide receiver sets against them, making them show where they're coming from on a blitz. Wait, didn't you say something about that earlier? (laughs) Um, Falcons offense is not going to be as good as last year because they do not have Kyle Shanahan. So it's not going to be humming like it was. The Packers defense is actually not very good, and their offense is better than it looked. It's going to be a close game. Falcons are probably going to win. Rule of Steve Bono still applies. They won't go better than 9-7.
0: Oh, man, I love that rule, by the way. Uh, another game, the Patriots and the Saints. We talked about the Patriots a little bit earlier. The Saints, that defense looked real bad. They made Sam Bradford look like an MVP candidate. Now, I know it's week one, and Sam Bradford usually does well early, but that that team looked real bad defensively. And Adrian Peterson couldn't get anything going. Ingram could a little bit. Um, I like the third running back, Kamara, the rookie from Texas. But I think that this is going to be a long season in New Orleans.
1: We'll get to the Vikings later.
0: Um, I was really impressed with them. But the
1: Saints, I do not think they are as bad as they looked. They do have a bunch of try-hard guys on defense, a lot of hard hitters, full of enthusiasm, game smarts kind of guys, which is different than what they've had before, which is out of a lot of talented players that suck at playing football. The offense, they just need to figure out how to split reps, how to get their, you know, just get going a little bit. They lost their right tackle early in the game. Um, Minnesota is just tough. It's nails on defense, especially at home. So I, I, I think the Saints are going to be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think mean, this is a it's a tough start to the season for them though starting against the uh Vikings and on the, the on the road and then a pissed off Patriots team that is going to run up the score they're going to be throwing late Brady is going to be in no matter what
1: I don't think it's going to be a blowout
0: if it but I'm saying if it's a blowout they're going to run up the score because they're pissed off because that's what the Patriots do
1: We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, if it's a yeah, they'll probably just keep on chucking it. But then again, they hardly have any receivers left, they don't want to get them bird.
0: Well, they got Brandon Cooks, they got Amendola. Oh, yeah. Amendola's out?
1: Yep.
0: Okay, well they got Brandon Cooks, they got The white guy, Hogan. You know they'll find someone <laughs> else off the scrap heap. You know they're gonna throw to the running backs. They have Mike Gillis Lee scoring two touchdowns. They'll
1: trade a stud defensive player for another
0: wideout if they have. Who's their stud defensive player? It's a different one every year. Yeah, didn't have one last week. Um, I I think the Patriots are going to roll this game. I think it's going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be over by halftime. The line is 7 as it should be. I think it's going to be 10 by halftime, and they're not going to get closer than that. 35-28. That's going to be the final. Patriots forty one seventeen is going to be as my as my prediction. I think it's forty one seventeen. We're writing this down. We will talk about it next week on who is closer. Oh, that'll be part of my what I got right segment. I hope you're wrong about that. Uh, another game, uh, the Monday night game. The team looked real bad last week. Was the New York Giants? I know they were missing Odell. They didn't know if he was going to play or not. Um, I don't care if you're losing your number one receiver. You cannot look that bad. That's another team that has offensive line issues, major protection issues. Um, the difference is Russell Wilson can run for the Seahawks. Eli is going to get killed back there if they don't do a better job of protecting him.
1: When was the last time Eli missed a game? I don't remember. I, th- I don't think he's ever missed a game. You know, they only held the Cowboys at 19 points. The defense wasn't the question. They only scored three. They just need to get home they'll be fine. They're playing Detroit, who looked pretty good. Uh, but Detroit has Jim Caldwell coaching, and it's really hard to pick that guy to win a road game.
0: So I, I, I'm i going to go with the Giants on this one. You're going to go with the Giants? I'm I'm going to go with the Lions. I'm going to go with the Lions. I'm going to say the Giants get their first touchdown of the year. But I'm going to go with the Lions. So. The Lions,
1: long term, I think they're still a playoff team. They've got a lot of good talent. Uh, they've got some new young talent receiver, but I just don't think they're going to win this
0: game. I don't think they're winning. I don't think they're making the playoffs. I mean, I know I'm picking them to win, but I still think the Vikings and the Packers are both better than them. And then I think the Eagles actually are going to be the other team in the NFC to make a wild card. Either the Eagles or the Cowboys are going to be ahead of the Lions. I think the Lions are going to be a nine and seven team, and they're going to be the first team out of the NFC. Because I, I the four divisions. I mean, you you got. I still think the Seahawks are winning the NFC West. I still think the Packers are going to win the NFC North. Still going with the Bucks in the NFC South. I got to stick with them. They obviously gave me no reason because they didn't play last week. Um, I still think if two teams from the NFC East are making the playoffs, and I think the Vikings are making the playoffs. I think the Giants are gonna, or I think the Lions are going to be the odd team out. Eagles are going 8-8. Eight eight. They're not making the playoffs. Well, what about the Giants? What about the Cowboys? Are one of those teams making No, the making... Giants are one of my hot picks. That's true. You have, you do have yeah. the Giants in the Super Bowl, so you have them making the playoffs, obviously. Yeah. What about the Cowboys? Are the Cowboys making the playoffs? Cowboys,
1: Cowboys are probably going to make the playoffs.
0: So if the Cowboys and the Giants make the playoffs, then it's going to come down to the Vikings or the Lions. We'll see. We will see. That's what's the great thing about talking about this week. One is we can talk all we want, but at the end of the day, games are played on the field and
1: next week. Our opinions likely will have changed.
0: Probably, probably. I mean, you know, come week nine, I'm going to be talking about how I pick the Falcons to win the division. If they have a three game lead, but as That's why it, you, you, we write shit down. Yep. We, I have it written down right here that I have the Buccaneers winning the NFC South. Um, mm-hmm. So we will see. Speaking of the Buccaneers, who do they play this week? They play the Bears. Now, the Bears looked pretty good. We were, So the, the Bears were our upset pick last week, um, and they gave the Falcons a real scare. They played better than most people thought.
1: They are my upset pick this week as well. I, okay. Care to elaborate on that? I just decided it. Um, the Buccaneers haven't they're going to come off a little bit too jazzed up. They're an immature team. The Bears they're better than everybody thinks they are and they're going to win.
0: And Jordan Howard is going to score another touchdown.
1: My other upset pick, yeah, I
0: forgot about the other one I told you. So, but. yeah, let's talk about that other game that you had So I got
1: two upsets this
0: week. So, okay, we got the Bears, Bears Bucks as an upset pick and and the other one is the Vikings against the Steelers. So, now I to talk
1: about the Vikings. Um, yeah, the Saints' defense isn't great. That said, the throws Sam Bradford was making downfield,
0: a lot of them were against very, very tight coverage. There was one throw that he think he threw to the tight end that he was getting hit as he threw, and I still don't know how he managed to fit it in that window.
1: Was it that crossing route that yes. dropped in like a teardrop? Yeah. So, I, I know that he's finally... He had an offseason to work with the same offensive coordinator and they've got they've got a defense there. they don't ask him to do too much. I'm not saying that I'm not saying anything other than that he impressed me this week. I think Pittsburgh, who barely beat the Cleveland Browns being a six point favorite at home against the Vikings is ludicrous. Vikings defense will shut them down. They'll score less than 20 points,
0: and the Vikings will win that game in overtime. I like the overtime addition there. Uh, I got two things to add. First of all, if you count out that first drive where Cleveland went backwards and then had the punt blocked for a touchdown, I think they outplayed the Steelers. I was actually impressed I was not a big Deshaun Kaiser fan in college. I thought he looked competent, which is more than you can say for most Cleveland Browns quarterbacks. I think that defense is going to keep them in games. I could see that team winning four to five games this year, and I think they are on the right track. Um, As far as the Minnesota-Pittsburgh game, I have no idea why Pittsburgh is favored in this game. I don't care that they're the home team. That doesn't matter as much in the NFL unless you're playing in Seattle or in Kansas City. Um, I think Pittsburgh looked pedestrian. I think Le- Le'Veon Bell looked rusty, just like I thought he would because he didn't play at all in the preseason, and because of the holdout. And
1: it's going to take them a while to get humming. And the Vikings are already humming.
0: Yeah, I think I think Minnesota honestly should be a favorite in this game. Anyways, I if I was in Vegas, I would be putting a lot of money on Minnesota to win straight up. And I agree with you that this is, this is, it's one of those where it's almost too easy of an upset call that something is going to go wrong. But I think Minnesota is going to win this game.
1: Yeah. Who knows? I mean, Bradford came out.
0: That's true. Bradford has been known to do that a little bit, Um, but you never know. So that's a little bit about what we got for the NFL. Um I want to talk about a little bit about the NBA just really, really quickly. Just because they have the rankings coming out. Now I want to know not necessarily what you think about the rankings, but what you think about players think about their rankings. Now
1: what rankings are we talking about? So
0: ESPN came out with their top one hundred rankings. And players like Carmelo Anthony thinks he's way too low. Should he even care? Players like Dwayne Wade think he's way too low. Should he even care? I mean, I guess... Yeah, Dwayne Wade sucks. Dwayne Wade, so, yeah.
1: I don't know why he's even complaining. Granted, I'm not the basketball guy on the website, really. Our NBA guy uh, is not part of this podcast.
0: <laughs> but he probably won't listen to this anyway, so <laughs> he it's He won't okay. listen to
1: this anyway, so what does it matter? Um I don't know I I get why they care. It's nice actually that they admit they do care about crap like that. Because in the past ah it doesn't matter. Athletes say they don't care, but everyone's so connected these
0: days that So it shows the human side. The human I mean I think it's stupid to get riled up about it. But it's human. Okay. I understand that. I, I, I
1: just I don't like if you were a pro player, if you were you played for the Mariners.
0: And they still made baseball video games worth of shit. The last great video game, Griffey Baseball for the Nintendo 64. Griffey
1: Baseball came out, and you've got a
0: lower rating than Chris Basio. Oh, I'd be pissed. pissed. You'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. Okay. Okay, And, and that's why I wanted to bring this up to you is because I think it was a little stupid, but I understand the human side of it. And, you know, Pat usually talks about the human side of things more than than i do which is why i wanted to get his opinion on that so that's that's why i brought that up um so yeah that is our podcast for the day it's a little bit shorter today but we will uh be ready ready to go next week we might be remote next week yeah
1: we might be doing it from the fantastic Little island of Manhattan, we will see.
0: Yeah, we have uh, one of our closest friends uh, from college is getting married in New York City next week. It is my first time in New York City. I've already looked up the opening and closing times for the History Museum. By the way, a lot cheaper than I thought it would be for a New York City museum. Only $33 for all exhibits? Uh, Here is a tip
1: they ask you. Um, so, the preferred donation, it is not a ticket, it is a donation, It's $33. If you say you can't pay that much, you don't have to pay
0: that much. So, so you, say could, you, you say, God, I can only do 20. You still get to go in. So, you can technically, technically, now I'm not going to do this, but you could technically get in the museum for free? I believe so. Okay. The thing is, though, the way they
1: word it, and there's so many tourists, of course, in New York, that it confuses the hell out of people. This app, I, I was there last year and they said, the preferred donation is 33 bucks. And I, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? My wife understood what was going on and quickly swiped the card saying we'll pay the full 33. Once I realized what was going on, I was angry that I paid the full 33. And then I would have negotiated them down to like 20. But all lesson right. learned,
0: let me ask make you. sure that you leave an entire day. Was it worth the thirty-three dollars? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. I'm so I'm going this is my first time in New York City. I'm going on Wednesday. It's gonna be an all day flight. Um, Thursday. Oh, it's oh yeah, you're doing a transfer. Yes, i I have a transfer I think in Minneapolis. Great airport in Minneapolis. There's not a whole lot to do. It's
1: a great city full of fine people.
0: There you go. Um, but I think Thursday I will be spending most of my day at the museum, um, at the at the history museum. I am a big Teddy Roosevelt fan, so any museum that has anything about Teddy Roosevelt, like I'm a going to go in.
1: Statue of him on a horse out front.
0: Yeah, that like that 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 would be exactly why I would want to go to this museum. That from what my esteemed colleague just told me, the big blue whale is pretty impressive as well.
1: It is awesome. The it you know the dioramas are awesome, especially on a level. you are tempted to spend too much time in Africa and Egypt exhibits, which we did, but you might want to start from the bottom and go up or start at the dinosaurs. Find the dinosaurs, see the dinosaurs Really soak up the dinosaurs and then take pictures. I hardly took any pictures because I was trying to see everything.
0: I probably will go straight to the dinosaurs. I I love going to dinosaurs and seeing the fossils, so I probably will go straight to the dinosaurs. Uh, Friday, doing probably the whole tourist thing. Gonna go Central Park. Gonna go Statue of Liberty. I'm going to a Mets game. Uh, gonna go see them play. Six the, other people. Gonna go see them play the Nationals. Tickets should be cheap. And then uh, Saturday's the wedding, so yeah, it's a gonna be a jam packed weekend, but I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Um, since you are going to be on the south end of Manhattan for the wedding, you should see the World Trade Center. You can skip um, the Whitney, but actually perceptions of the actually receptions on Wall Street. So we will, you'll be able to see all that stuff. If I were you, sir, uh, get off. The subway at Penn Station and just stare at Madison Square Garden.
0: Oh, oh, no. There there will be Madison Square Garden viewing. That, that is probably the number one stadium on my bucket list to watch a game of any sport is one Madison last Square Garden.
1: thing of advice before you shut it down. If anyone tells you to go to the Spotted Pig and order their blue cheeseburger, do not go to the Spotted Pig and order their blue cheeseburger. burger. It sucks. They lost their Michelin star, and they deserved it. They also burned their broccoli. So now you know that? I'm so happy
0: <laughs> that you told me that. I don't even like blue cheese. But God knows I will only be eating pizza that entire time I'm in New York because New York pizza is the best pizza in the world outside of Italy. If so you,
1: Well, if you're in Brooklyn and you have a chance to order a cheese covered cheeseburger. That, you know. All
0: right, fine. If I'm in Brooklyn, I will do that. All right. Well, that will do it for today. So we will see you guys next week. Thank you very much.